Back in the day, imagine how terrifying it was seeing your crush put up a sappy away message. Some lyrics about being in love with someone else? What a blow to the groin that was. Today, we'll discuss computer messages of a different kind. We'll look at the story of Ken Webster and his girlfriend Debbie and the messages they received on their computer back in 1985. What's strange about these messages, however, is that they seem to come from the 16th and 22nd century. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought those 80s computers were only good for dying of dysentery on the Oregon Trail, stick around. Turns out they may have been a window to the past and the future. This is Necronomapod. Our final story tonight centers on a computer like this. This is a BBC Model B dating back to 1984. Today, of course, we use our computers to send email messages or to communicate with each other via the internet. But 12 years ago, such technology was still a thing of the future. Now, machines like these couldn't be connected to a network. And to store information from them, you had to use a floppy disk like this. So, when Ken, an economics teacher, and his girlfriend Debbie said that messages were appearing on their BBC computer at home, there seemed to be no conventional explanation. So I was on Reddit earlier on the High Strangeness subreddit, and I came across a post about asking someone what date it is when you're dreaming. Yeah. So this person said, so I had heard that dream people don't like when you ask them what the date is. Sure enough, I got my chance last night. My dream started with me and a woman at an amusement park, Disney style. I was very aware I was in a dream, which is rare for me. So after getting off a ride with her, I immediately thought to ask her the date. She was laughing when I asked and her laughing turned to fear. You're not supposed to ask that question, she said. The dream changed from bright to dark, and I forced myself to wake up because I felt afraid. I woke in my room, in bed, and everything felt off. I was still dreaming, so I focused again and pushed out and woke up in real life in my real room. Weird stuff. Why can't they tell you the date? Hmm. I'd never heard that before, but the more I was Hmm. thinking about it, the more creeped out I got. Is it something like it confuses your own subconscious? It doesn't realize you're in a dream. And only strangers in a dream. It didn't say that, did it? I just said it, dream people. But is it, it strange? Per- like if I dreamt of you, can I not ask you the date then in a dream if you were? Uh-huh. Her post sounded like just some random lady, mm. which that's always, I find that really weird. Like, How do you dream people? I do. Yeah, but I mean, like, well, how does your brain put together those people? Oh, it's like an AI contraption and it yeah. just assembles a mm. phantom person in your mind. That's like, weird because I only dream or remember dreams about people I know. If there's people that I don't know in dreams, I don't recognize, like, I don't see them or am mm. aware of them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I've ever had, like, a random person in a dream. Really? That, that I recall. That's interesting. Yeah. I never have enough self-awareness in a dream where like this guy said he's aware he's dreaming and like consciously asks it. Like I don't ever have that amount of awareness. No, I think I'm just I've a passive that. person in that, the dream. That's where I get into like that whole like sleep paralysis thing. I don't know if I'm dreaming or if I'm not. Yeah. Like I'm that's aware I've of never it. Had. Like I've literally told myself, like I felt like I was conscious 
and not able to move, like looking at like my wall and seeing everything, hearing the TV on, but can't move. And I'm like, oh, you're having a dream of sleep paralysis. You need to go back to sleep mm-hmm. and this will all be over. And I do. And it's weird, but I don't know what to make of that. I don't have that with that I recall with other stuff, but I've at least had that. I don't know. That scares the shit out of me. I don't ever want to have that. <laughs> but that's the thing. I'm calm. We've talked about this a bunch, but sure. I'm calm when it's happening, which makes me think maybe it's all just a dream and it's not at all real because I feel like if it was real, I would probably panic. Like you can't move. You would panic. It's like a dream. It's an inception dream. A dream within a dream. Dream within a dream. Yeah. Starting, starring Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> Good movie. But do you think those people exist that you dream about? Like random mm, people? I can't picture their face when I wake up, so I don't know. It's a fucking deep conversation to start the show. <laughs> I think hey, who are you dreaming of? Faceless composites of, you know, people you've seen in public. I don't know. But you, in the dream, do you see their faces? I don't think so, no. No. I'm trying Not to that I can of, ever remember. I'm trying to think if I have ever had that I recall because, you know, you're dreaming constantly. You just don't remember a lot of it. Yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think if I ever if I can recall a dream where there were people that I was like interacting with that weren't people I knew. I don't recall that. I've had dreams where I talk to someone like I think someone is someone I know. Mm-hmm. But then when I'm once I'm talking to him for a while, I realize it's not who I thought it was anymore. They're like completely different. Oh, it's like men in black, Mike, like almost Mike, but different. Like, this yeah, like, like saying it doesn't watch cars go in circles. Well, like say I'm talking to you and I'll be talking to you in my dream, but then gradually it's just not you anymore. It's a completely different oh. person. Like it doesn't even look like mm. you anymore. And like, I've had that happen before. Mm. Like Ian and I are on an adventure to like go to speedway and we have to like do something. And then like the next thing I know, I'm like at the bar with Dave and we're like, we're trying to like get these shots. But it's like all one story. It just like changed. <laughs> and then it's like Dave and I are getting shots and Ian's the bartender or something like that. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. How did that happen? Like Ian and I were on this mission hmm. and now Dave and I are drinking shots at the bar. Your mind just blacks out the like the connecting piece or something. Yeah, it's and just weird. pops somewhere else. Dreaming is so fucking weird. I don't like it. I would take a shot right now if you told me I'd never had to dream again. Hmm. Turn it off forever. I don't rem. But do you remember? Like, do you wake up every day remembering dreams? I don't. Mm, bits and pieces. But then if I don't, you know, I'd have to write them down real quick. Yeah. They're, they're gone in a couple minutes. Right. Yeah. I woke up this morning with a dream. And right now I can't even remember. What yeah, it was. Same, same. But I remember waking up thinking like, man, that was fucked up. Yeah, I don't. I, I can't remember even what that dream was. It's weird, right? Yeah. I don't think a person in a dream could be met like uh, get upset about trying to like figure out what the date is. Wouldn't that mean they have some type of consciousness if they all would get upset? Like a shared connected consciousness. Yeah. Like something if they just hear that question that sets them off. Everyone who's heard that like makes that happen themselves because their subconscious is doing it. Yeah. Like, is it after you hear that you're not supposed to ask that and you try it, then that's when it happens? Like self-fulfilling kind of subconscious I tend to lean towards stuff. that. Yeah, I lean towards that. I will say my sleep paralysis thing, though, happened well before I even knew what that was. I remember having that yeah. as a kid. 
And then it wasn't until I was older that I heard about sleep paralysis. I've never had the, what is it, the shadow man or whatever, like the chess sitting type thing. Yeah. I've never had that. I've just had like, I feel like I'm awake and aware of all of my surroundings. Literally can hear the TV, the channel, like say it was mm-hmm. an episode of Family Guy or something I fell asleep to. I can hear Family Guy, but I cannot move my body to go to see it. Brian's like, Stewie, stop playing with Mike's <laughs> nipples. Yeah, right. Oh. <laughs> Oh, now it's a nightmare. <laughs> now it's a nightmare. I don't know if I could stay so calm in that situation. Well, all right. That's a spooky way to kick off the show. Yeah, I don't love that one. So bit. if you have a dream tonight, tell, uh, let us know. Tell that person you're uh, sodomizing or whatever you're doing to, them to uh, <laughs> ask them what date it is. As you're sodomizing them, what day is it? Yeah. <laughs> or asshole just clenches around. That's right. And rips it off. <laughs> it's cut your cock off a clock and then you wake up screaming hey for the first time in 2023 we're not covering charles manson <laughs> five weeks on charlie that was fun i learned a lot oh, that was interesting to the lady yeah. from titanic it's been 63 years <laughs> whatever the fuck she says i don't know the date she wasn't kate Winslet, so i wasn't paying attention <laughs> Anyways, this is a good one. Yeah, it was interesting. And now we got a, a fun one tonight. Yeah, this one uh, kind of blew up last year when it got uh, when Ken Webster's book got a second printing. Was that where this all came out of? Okay. Yeah. The first edition of this book was like thousands of dollars online. It was like such an obscure hmm. thing. And then a uh, second edition came out and just kind of blew up. What caused them to uh, print it again? Any idea? I don't know. Need to go make some money? Yeah, maybe. Cash, cash some checks? <laughs> I had never heard of this story until then, so... I probably, yeah. If yeah. it wasn't reprinted, I probably would have never heard of this. Unless I just stumbled upon it, you know, on the internet. A high strange list. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so in 1978, a British computer company was founded named Acorn Computers. Acorn built numerous computer models, but the one we're going to focus on tonight is the British Broadcasting Corporation Microcomputer System, or the BBC Micro. That's an oxymoron, no? BBC Micro? I mean, it kind of is. (laughs) My experience. (laughs) In the early 1980s, Acorn specifically built the BBC Micro to be used for the BBC's Computer Literacy Project. The project was to get computers in schools, and there ended up being a television series to go along with the project so people could learn how to use the computer. It's like that typical old-school computer, just super bulky. The monitor's huge. Um, Hey, play some Oregon Trail. Yep. You died. (laughs) (laughs) Did it even talk? I don't remember. No, it didn't talk. That's just what I heard in my head when the little... Had the green screen, yeah, you know, yeah. all that stuff, yeah. the, the huge floppy disks. It clocked in with a CPU running at 2 megahertz, 16 kilobytes of RAM, and barely any storage. In a lot of ways, the BBC Micro was a glorified typewriter, um, but you could play a couple games on it, like you said, with the Oregon Trail. And all those text-based games they had way back on those old computers. Yeah. What do you want to do? One or two? Oh, one. Ah, you died. I vaguely remember playing a Spider-Man one like that where you just had to like pick 
like the outcome based on the word, you know. Yeah. Drink, drank, drunk. Wasn't that one of those text-based games that ring a bell? Oh, way before your guys' time. But. Sounds like my Where you hit a bell. pre-gaming. What do you want to drink? Before a show. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, schnapps. Number two, uh, is that for real? I think so. Huh. Kind of vaguely rings a bell. I'll have to I would have played, up. I yeah. played that game. I think it was called Drink, Drank, Drunk. <laughs> the birth of the internet is considered to have happened in 1983, but it was mainly used by you know, government organizations and scientists. Then in 1995, commercial internet access started to be sold to consumers. So back in 1984, to the general public, something like instant messaging online was just something like science fiction. We had like shortly after that, you had the like bulletin boards where you could connect on dial up and like, like two people could be on there at the same time. And wow. <laughs> it was awesome. I wasn't alive. I don't know. Yeah. A couple of years. I'd be there. You missed it, buddy. It was awesome. I think so. <laughs> it wasn't that good. <laughs> in December 1984, Ken Webster and his girlfriend moved into a cottage that they were renovating in Doddleston, England, a village to the southwest of Chester, very close to the England and Wales border. Their friend, Nicola, who was referred to in the book as Nick, moved in for a bit while she was sorting out a stable place to live. Ken was a high school teacher, so he had access to the BBC Micro. And on weekends, he would borrow one from school to use at home. That's fun, lugging that thing home. But sure. it, it was probably sweet to him. You oh, know? yeah. Do you think it came with like a like a built-in like carrying case like you kind of just like like a typewriter thing yeah you zip it up around it you're carrying like this big this (laughs) fucking you know three foot box that's a good question i wonder have to come with something like that maybe at least a carrying case if it wasn't already like kind of folded in yeah right like it's like 40 pounds (laughs) yeah it's gotta be ridiculous everyone's like oh have fun this weekend ken dork (laughs) nerd (laughs) fucking loser He's taking that computer home to go jerk off to <laughs> Oregon Trail porn. <laughs> Oregon Trail. You died of dysentery. Ken oh. sodomized you as your corpse was rotting. It's always fun playing those games back in the day because, like, you would put in yourself and all of like your buddies, and then you'd be like, "Oh, you fucking died! You fucking piece of shit! You suck! You died! You died!" <laughs> You loser. (laughs) I knew you wouldn't cut out for this. (laughs) One night, Ken, Debbie, and Nick went out to visit friends. And when they came home, Ken saw the BBC micro was left on. Nick used the computer the most, typing in Edward, uh, which was the word processing software on there. Like E-D-W-O-R-D, Edward. Yeah. Cool name, man. (laughs) Uh, so being a creep, Ken decided to snoop on what Nick had been typing. She typing about me. She typing about me. She liked me. Yeah, right. We're getting a three-way here with Debbie. Uh-huh. She's writing paranormal erotica, probably. <laughs> the way that Ken writes. And the, like, this is such a cool story, but the book is, it's tough. Mm. It's a tough read. Did you get through the whole thing? Yes. You okay. saw how fast he read earlier. This guy's a super reader. <laughs> Jesus. He is a fucking speed reader. He really guy. is. Good. My brain doesn't work that fast anymore. Yeah. But he does type like a creep, especially when he's talking about this thing. It's like, why were you snooping on what she was writing? That's weird, right? Yeah. What's well, his fucking computer? That's true. That's a good point. 
Oh, you'd want to make sure there's no, you know, tomfoolery on your computer. <laughs> it's got to go back to school. Students are going to see it Monday You never morning. know. All right. It's still a little It's a good weird. point. It's a good point. still a little weird. Like, don't let her use it would be my suggestion. Yeah, is Ken authorized to let his housemates use school equipment? I don't think so, Ken. Probably not. Nope. But back then, he's like, oh, it's a fucking computer. Who's going to know? I'm not going to be able to monitor these things. <laughs> I love reading all those old stories from when computers started coming out, like ex-science experts when they interview them and stuff, how they say it was going to be a passing fad, and this is not something that anyone would ever use at home. And it's so funny. That is crazy. Yeah. yeah. Literally, our lives are based around that. Right. They, they control us. Right. Or like back at, you know, the... When cars started coming out, engineer eh, passing fancy. No one's ever going to actually use these cars. Or it's people a- love horseback. <laughs> Why would they stop that? Who doesn't love being chafed in the crotch region? <laughs> passing fancy. What's something now? Not to derail the story. That's a pa- that we think might be of passing fancy that we're going to end up being like, oh fuck, we were wrong. Jeez, I don't know. What's, I'm trying to think of what's even like new? around right now. What's even. Video games, same thing. Back when, you know, at the end of when Pong came out, eh, passing fancy. Okay. That's a good question. I don't know. Does anything new even come out anymore? There has to be something. Enhancements to what's already there. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure that streaming music's going to stick around. (laughs) (laughs) That's a fad. We'll be back to compact discs here momentarily. People love paying $15.99 for an album of two good songs. So that's coming back. Coconuts is coming back, pal. Coconuts is coming back. (laughs) Have you ever been to a Coconuts old uh, album CD store? No, I've never been to one. It one. It was the one in Parma, right? I met Megadeth there. Absolutely. Did you? At Megadeth? Did, yeah. <laughs> Back in the good old 80s. Uh, there's a rallies right up the street. That's like the greatest yeah. corner. It used to be the greatest corner. White of Castle all time. is across the street, too. Now there's, there's still a little Caesars over there. And there's that buffet. I think it's still open. Or like that little diner restaurant in the same lot as Coconuts. Hmm. But I think south, like the south end of that lot. I don't know. I, think, I don't know. Anyways, Coconuts, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which were the ones in the mall? Is it like Sam Goody? There was Sam Goody. There was Fye. Fye still exists. Yeah, that's still that's there. still at Strongsville, but it, like, and I think they still have like CDs. They but do still have a ton of CDs. But you go to well, like vinyl Target. Now. Target still has CDs. Yeah. I don't even know if they Target does vinyl. Maybe some. Yeah. Fye. Yeah. Uh, Record Den was a, a mall store out here. I don't know if that's local or not. There was something. Before that FYE became FYE, it was a CD store, and I can't remember the name of it. Mm. Doesn't matter, but. I can't see CDs ever being a medium in the future that becomes cool. No, like there was vinyl. nothing cool about CDs. No, like but, you, you know, there's not going to be someone in 50 years that's like. No. I disagree. Oh, I'm going to start collecting CDs. I disagree. It's all cyclical. Records came back. Eight tracks are cool to have. It's going to be cassettes. It's going to be CDs in like 30, 40 years. Not that they sound better because it's going to be the cool thing to have. I, I think it will. Everything from the past comes back. What about like laser cool discs? Thing. Are those coming back? Those aren't coming For back. like music or like for, for like movies? Like for movies. Yeah. Before DVDs, they had laser discs. You probably don't even remember. I mean, they were before me. Yeah. I think. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I still, I think... CDs or cassettes, one of them will come back, I think. And so will Circuit City. <laughs> Circuit City. <laughs> you know, it's funny. If you, go, if you go back and watch the pilot episode of Sopranos, 
it's right when DVDs are coming out because they hijacked a load of DVDs and, <laughs> and Christopher's passing them out. They're like, fuck is this DVD player? Oh, laser disc quality. It's like, no, trust me, they're better. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! That tells you how long this. And now we just got 4K TVs with movies already on them. Right? And you're like, this is the greatest thing in the world. Streaming stuff is the greatest thing in the world. Oh yeah, DoorDash and streaming. Yeah. This I guy sits need, on his couch on Sundays, copy. watches no. five movies, eats 15 blizzards, and how many French fries? He doesn't leave his couch. Twenty years ago, I would say in the future, every movie song, whatever that's ever made is going to be available at some point on your TV. You'll be able to get all food delivered and the dream came true. And it's just, <laughs> God damn it, fellas. It's a, it's a great time to be alive. It's the best thing ever. It is a great time to be alive in that sense. It really is. Everything's just right there. Everything. It's fantastic. You used to have to wait if you wanted to hear a song or a song you liked with your little cassette in the the, the rate in like your little gimmick uh, boombox, yes, and wait for the song to come on the radio and hit record. Oh, I know. And like how. you would miss like miss like fifteen <laughs> seconds, you know, because they're coming in from commercial, yep. just to have a version to listen to. You can now literally say "Echo, play so and so," and the song's fucking on. <laughs> Making me tear up. It's such a wonderful world. <laughs> You used to have to get in your car, drive to a video store, and hope the other hillbillies in town didn't get the movie that you want yeah. before you got there. Blowjobs and Massacres, Volume 7. <laughs> the horror, thriller, sex section. Oh, yeah. You see, horrible out there. It was every man for themselves. You go into a blockbuster nope. on a Friday night, you're throwing hands <laughs> trying to get that last copy. You know what I liked, though, back in the day? I think we've talked about this before. You go to the local library, and they had all the wrestling shit. Yeah. And it was free, and nobody's fucking touching that in a library. So you just go, and you get all those old wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah, people use the library. Don't want none of that. No. <laughs> they're, they're there for books, not wrestling. You but either it, have a it, library <laughs> card, or you have tickets to WWE next week. You don't have both of those things in your pocket. Your grandma has the library card. Yeah, and she you got to rent it. That's who took me. But it was, but the library movie section was an untapped resource. People didn't use it. Yeah, I bet. And there were some actual, like, legit good movies there. People didn't use that because they, you know, they would just not think about it. Sure. Used to go to the one on, uh, was it Lorraine? On 117th. Sure. That was my library as a kid. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I remember one time I, I wanted to get, I think I've told the story. I wanted to get WrestleMania six Hogan versus warrior. Some dumb fucking idiot who probably is too worried about Shakespeare put in WrestleMania five in the WrestleMania six uh, box. What? 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 Yeah. I got home. I was like, dad, what the fuck is this bullshit? I don't need Savage Hogan. I'm trying to watch Savage Warrior. <laughs> fucking cunt. Messed up the, bo the, the box. Did you go back up there and mess up her box? Gave her a fucking stone cold stunner. <laughs> said, fuck you. <laughs> and then I chugged the milk and left. Oh. <sighs> Anyways, we're on page one. Fuck libraries. Am I right? <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> Fucking books and shit. Even that, too. You could probably get a book delivered to your house now buying it off Amazon. It's delivered quicker than it would take you the time to go to a library and check it out. 100%. They're is. like, oh, you want to buy this book? We'll have it to you in three hours. <laughs> exactly. Okay. 
I will take that. I accept. <laughs> Tearing up again. <laughs> it's such a great time to be alive. I wish I was born 50 years in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're really putting over computers. Uh, <laughs> this is good stuff. So Ken decided he was going to creep on with uh, what Nick was doing. He booted up the floppy disk and found a new file titled KDN, so he opened it. Inside, Ken found a very odd message, typed in a mix of caps and lowercase, said, quote, Ken Deb Nick, true are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in the burning light. Get out your bricks, pussycat. Pussycat went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. I don't really know what that means. Well, they were all creeped out because everybody said that they weren't responsible for the KDN file. They started to wonder if the KDN file had anything to do with odd occurrences that had been happening around the cottage, pretty much as soon as Ken and Debbie moved in. One day, Ken noticed small footprints on the floor that seemed to walk up the wall. That's weird by itself, but it looked like these footprints had six toes. Marjorie Taylor Greene living at the house. Did she have six toes? <laughs> I've seen those photos. <laughs> I'm talking about time travel. Maybe that's what's happening here. <laughs> <laughs> the cottage was old in these... Uh, these prints were dusty, so Ken painted over them. But the next day, they were back. Ken and Debbie would also be out of a room, like a kitchen, and when they came back, cans of cat food would be stacked four feet tall in the middle of the room. Really classic poltergeist-type activity. The three of them chalked all of this up to one of their friends in the village, pulling pranks on them, but no one ever admitted to it. Like Ken goes as far as to say that like, he suspected that someone was just, like, breaking in their house and doing this shit. Like, like their friend <laughs> snuck in the house while they were in the other room and stacked up <coughs> cat feeds. Well, the amount of times they go out, it's what? like, I don't know. It sounds like they're, you know, they're probably alcoholics. They go out a lot, it seems like. And, you know, maybe they're in the other room drinking or boozing and or at the, the pub and someone sneaks in and does some tomfoolery. I don't know. Yeah, maybe when you're out, but not if you're in the other room. It's a little weird. I would assume it was just someone at the school at this point, right? 1985, could they not take a little photo? One of those little... Uh, they have pictures of oh, this I have, stuff. I have one. Oh, do they? We got a photo? I got. I found a picture of the, the stuff pulled, piled up in the room. Man. Like the so, furniture just stacked up. And nobody room. could ever do that ahead of time and then just take a photo. <laughs> like, well, like, what do you want? You said you wanted a picture. Know, you got a picture. I did. I did. That's I did. incontrovertible, Mike. <laughs> ever hear that word? Let me see. Pass it over because you showed it quick and it's dark photo. Yeah. All right. They got a photo. Good job, Ken. <laughs> Not long after receiving the KDN message, the computer was returned and another wasn't borrowed until February of 1985. Again, another message was received after an evening where the computer was left turned on, but this time it had a completely different tone and writing style. Same computer or different computer? Same computer. Okay. As far as I know, that's never brought up. That's just, I'm assuming it's the same computer. Like you figure he took that one back and three months later, if he borrowed and he said he borrowed another one, I wonder if that means probably not important, but 
depends how you're looking at this as to whether this activity would continue on a separate, a completely different machine. Yeah. It's just assumed that it's the same computer. That next message said, quote, all right, I'm going to try to read this as best as I can. The, uh, spelling is a bit odd. So bear with me. I write on behalf of many, what strange words thou speak. Although I must confess that I hath also been ill-schooled. I should have got books instead of WWE videos. The <laughs> library, fucko. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Sometimes methinks alterations are somewhat barful, for they break main asleep in mine bed. Thou art goodly man who hath fanciful woman who dwell in mine home. I hath not want to affray, 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 for only Sith mine half-witted antic has ripped a twain mine bound hath I been rest a night. <laughs> I'm sorry. <dude. laughs> it's, a, it's just, you know, I feel like I'm listening to Mike Tyson. I hath seen main alterations lasty, Charge house and thou home. Tis a fitting place and lights which devil maketh and costly thines that only mine friend Edmund Gray can afford or the king himself. Twas a great crime to hath bribed mine house. Signed LW. Bribe. It's supposed to be translated as stolen, right? Yeah. Like he's saying they took his house because they're right. living in his house. Somebody took his house. He's upset about that, yeah. clearly. Well, it's not great if someone takes your house. No. He made that very clear in the statement, too. He's very upset <laughs> about that. <laughs> so Ken printed out this message and took it to one of his colleagues, a guy named Peter Trinder, who taught literature. Peter was convinced that the message was written in Old English in that the lights which devil maketh was referring to the computer. Ken got permission to borrow the computer on a more regular basis, uh, more than just on weekends, and it occurred to him if he could receive messages, could he also send them? So Ken typed out a bunch of questions to whoever had left the last message. That one said, quote, Dear LW, thank you for your message. We're sorry for disturbing you. What would you like us to do? Did you live on a house on this land about 1620? Do you want us to tell you more about our time? Who is Edmund Gray? Do you have a family? Is the King James or Charles? What is your charge house? Was this village called Doddleston in your life? Thank you much for your messages. Thank you for not making us afraid. Signed, Ken, Debbie, and John. Nice note. Well, you better kiss his ass. You don't know what the fuck this thing's going to do to you. (laughs) Uh, how it's signed John at the end. Uh, John is one of their friends that was there at the time. They have multiple people involved in this that kind of come in and out of the story. Their friend, Nicola, Nick, she finally moved out not too, too long after. She was kind of spooked by all the haunted computer stuff. She's like, fuck this. Oh, yeah, it's so scary. <laughs> oh, no. What's going to happen like, I'm out. <laughs> Ken saved the message, and they went out to get some drinks at the bar. The thought was that maybe if they left the computer on while they were gone, that they would come home to a new message. Sure enough, when they got home a couple hours later, a message was waiting for them. It said, quote, 
It was an honest farm of oak and stone. It is helpful that you should tell me about thy time. Dost thou have horse? Edmund Gray, brother of John Gray, lives at Kinderton Hall. Thy king, of course, is Henry VIII, who is six and forty. I know what of King James. My charge house is a place of law schooling. 28th of March, 1521, LW. So my first question here is, if you wanted to know what was going on, why do you keep leaving messages and then leaving? Like, wouldn't you type the message and sit there and wait for the reply so you can see what's taking place? I just thought that their thing was they didn't think the messages would come if they were there, sitting there watching. I took it as like they thought Mm. they had to leave for the messages to show up. That yeah, why? That's why why I was thinking. Yeah, maybe because they never saw one come in initially, so they were like, "Oh, we need to leave to let it happen." Like, wouldn't you? She want some proof. Like actually see it happening in your... You would try that before you decided, oh, we need to leave to have it happen, yeah, I would think. I would. And the way Ken writes his book is it's very long until he finally kind of accepts that there's something really strange going on. Like he, according to his book, he is fully convinced someone in his neighborhood is fucking with him. So he's just playing along at this point. He's like, yeah. All right, I'll fuck with someone and we'll go out and get some beers. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Hee hee, let's go drink. Maybe LW will break into my house and write a message on my computer for me while I'm out drinking. Could he have not just set up uh, an old school camera in the corner of his room and disguised it somehow? <laughs> they were around. I mean, he could have done it. Like a video recorder? Like an old, like one of those Turn old, on. you know, big ones that, you know, yeah. all dads back then had on their shoulders and, you know, were recording. <laughs> Dave's like, oh, I did that. <laughs> Mine wasn't that big. <laughs> Still, though. <laughs> so Ken took this new message to Peter Trinder, and Peter found that the message was full of wrong details. In 1521, King Henry was 30, not 46. Kinderton Hall wasn't built until the 1700s, and the grammar was now more modern, not that suspected old English from before. Based on this information, Ken figured it. This was for sure someone fucking with him, whether it be someone in their neighborhood. He you know, kind of postulates maybe even Debbie, but somebody was messing with him. Regardless, Ken decided to keep it going, at least for a little while. In the next message, the writer talked about his wife and son dying from the plague in 1517. For work, he said that he harvested barley and made cheese. He described the house as being a cottage made out of red sandstone that sat in a meadow. This message ended a little different. The writer signed his full name, Lucas Wayneman. Lucas had also studied at Bragnos College, Oxford, and knew Erasmus, having met him three times in total. So we have a name. Lucas. Lucas Wayneman at Brasnos College. Brasnos or Brasnos? Brasnos? I don't know. Brasnos, I'll say. That sounds... I said brass notes. Oh. Brass notes. Brass notes. We'll see. We'll hear from the UK folks. That's good. (laughs) Let us know. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) It's not old Brass Nose College in Axford. (laughs) They got any libraries at Brass Nose? Y'all got wrestling tapes? You got a WrestleMania 14 on VHS at Brass Nose in your library? (laughs) I can't find it anywhere down here. 
Some buck told me it takes six weeks to get in. I said, hell no. <laughs> I'll go to Oxford. They'll get it for me. <laughs> go to Oxford. <laughs> Again, Ken thought this was bullshit. The cottage that they lived in wasn't made out of red sandstone. But one day during the renovations of the cottage, specifically in the kitchen, Ken found that the foundation of the cottage was made out of red sandstone. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. The guy from the 1500s knew that. Told him. Literally, probably every cottage in town is made out of red sandstone. Ken didn't know. Ken didn't know. I bet Debbie knew. (laughs) As the messages went on, Lucas seemed to be getting irritated with Ken, like Ken was in Lucas's house and needed to get out. But by this point in the story, there were a bunch of messages to examine, and Peter Trinder felt that the messages had started to become more factually correct, and based on the sentence structure and the use of Latin, the messages were from somewhere in the 1540s. Still not 1521, like one of the messages was signed, but in that same time frame. There's two ways to look at this. Either Ken was tightening up his story a bit to make everything fit into the right time frame, or what Peter Trinder suggests is that the 1521 was a typo and Lucas meant to type 1541. Yeah, it's probably a typo. They weren't learning, uh, you know, typing in high school back then. It's understandable. 1521. <laughs> Mistakes happen. Typo. Mistakes happen. That's what it was. You yeah. can forgive him for that. So if picture some guy in a village in 1500s, and I guess what we're alluding to is that there's this computer is somehow visible to him in his time in the, in the, in the house. Wouldn't he be going like thinking it's the devil? Like, wouldn't he have questions versus, Oh, Hey, hi there, Nick, uh, <laughs> Nick, Debbie and John. What are you oh, hello doing there. tonight? <laughs> Wouldn't it be like, what the fuck is happening to me? I'm well, losing I, my mind. I think Lucas meets some of those devilish charges later on, right? I guess. Or whatever kind of witchcraft he's getting involved with. It just seems like his first question might be a little different. Like, first what message. the fuck is this? Do you remember the movie The Lake House with Keanu and uh, um, Sandra Bullock? No. Where they're both at the, at the house, but in different time periods in their... They put um, like letters, write letters, and put it in the mailbox, and then it goes to the other person in a different time. Okay, the same house. That's what this reminded me of. That's pretty much what's happening here, but with a computer. That's right. Yeah, yeah except they're not using a federal agency to, you know, commit time travel. Fraud. <laughs> yeah. Federal crime. I mean, you're just putting a letter in the mailbox. I don't know if it's fraud. Maybe, <laughs> but still, I don't remember the specifics. Like she was living there later. I don't know. Never mind. Not important, but that's what it reminded me of. <laughs> Any chance to bring up Keanu Reeves, right? Yeah. A dumb 90s movie. 2000s, maybe. The messages between Ken and Lucas went back and forth. In total for this case, we're talking like over 300 messages. Damn. Someone was thirsty. <laughs> but eventually Ken put a specific date on when he was living. Ken told Lucas that in his time it was 1985. Lucas wrote back super confused, like, well, pal, I thought you said that you were from 2109, like your friends that I've been talking to through this mysterious light box that I found. 
Ken started a new file and wrote a message to 2109 just to see what would happen. And sure enough, Ken got a reply. Ken Deb Peter, we are sorry that we can only give you two choices. One, that you either have your predicament explained in such a way that you have instant understanding, but cause what should not happen. Or two, try to understand that you three have a purpose that shall in your lifetime changes the face of history. 2109. Ominous. What it seems like is going on here is that the BBC micro being in Ken's cottage created a communication line to the past and the future. Like in the 1540s, Lucas was given the computer, which he interpreted as like it's this evil light box that allowed him to talk to Ken in 1985, but it also allowed him to talk to 2109. Well, is given, like what does given mean? Somebody physically gave it to him? He just found it in his house? Someone, so it's in the book, it says that Lucas describes someone walking through a portal and handing him the computer. Okay. That's a whole different ball of wax there then, buddy. All right. I guess I was just thinking he found like came home one day and was like, oh, satanic oh, white what's this box. box? <laughs> this is cool. I'm not sure what these letters are, but I'll be able to type a message somehow. It comes out way later in the book that presumably 2109 hands Lucas the the uh, the computer. Is Ken supposed to be involved in it, or is this some sort of ripple in time where, because Ken lived in the same house, like a residual effect of the wormhole or however they did this, that Ken is also part of this now? I think he's just kind of, like you said, a ripple in, a ripple in time. So maybe not intended to be part of this conversation between right. the, the other two parties. Okay. It, yeah, and like you said, a wormhole, something... Mm-hmm. allowing all three of them to communicate through the same computer. And the way I picture it is that the computer is sitting and it has to be sitting in the same, the same spot. Hmm. Are they seeing the same version of two different or two different versions of the same thing? Like in the same room. So Lucas is in the same house in the same room writing to Ken, who's in the same house in the same room, hundreds of years apart. Yeah. So worth and then yeah. twenty one oh nine is in the same spot. In the year twenty one oh nine. Right. What I'm thinking is that Ken is a drunk and Debbie's having a bit of fun <laughs> with the computer is what I'm thinking. <laughs> also likely. It's not been ruled out at this point. Put a pin in it. Or maybe it wasn't anything like that at all, because there's people that think that this is all poltergeist because they had all this poltergeist activity going on at the same time. Footsteps, all, you know, hearing footsteps at all hours of the night, um, furniture being moved around. Mm. You know, there's other people that are going to get involved in the story later on, like a fucking sheriff is going to start talking through the computer and stuff. So there's people that think that this is just a poltergeist playing a trick on them because poltergeist fuck around. It's a sophisticated poltergeist. Figured out how to use a computer and just... Started I mean, that fucking seems with them. a yeah. little more likely to me at this point okay. than the theory of different times. They took Carrie Ann and put her in a TV, so certainly they can do this. <laughs> <laughs> one day, Ken checked the computer to see if there were any new messages, and there was one, but it wasn't from Lucas or 2109. It was from one of Lucas's friends. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Luke. 
Lucas's friend told Ken that Lucas had been arrested for witchcraft. Lucas had been caught using the light box. His friend went on to tell Ken that Lucas was arrested by a Sir Thomas Fowlhurst and that the name Lucas was a pseudonym. The Sorry for laughing. You were here. shaking your head over there. <laughs> I don't think Dave's buying this. <laughs> He's not uh, buying hmm. with uh, Ken Sellen here. Hmm. So Lucas is a pseudonym, and he was arrested by the dastardly sheriff, Sir Thomas Fowlhurst. Yeah, for, for witchcraft. using a satanic light box, and he's a witch now. I think mm. Sir Thomas Fowlhurst was like the Barney Fife of that era, too. <laughs> like he got one. He got him one of those. Uh, Lucas, you're coming with me. Yeah. You and your Satan box. Through the unnamed friend, Lucas went on trial for witchcraft, but was kept alive to keep the light box working. Sheriff was interested. He wanted to he get wanted a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. He just called me. I can keep a box working. They <laughs> <laughs> don't think to call me. <laughs> this is a job for Mike Nomopod. <laughs> Look at that box working. Lickety split. I'd have been there. <laughs> I like that. Lickety split. <laughs> I knew you liked that one. <laughs> just don't ask me to work on clits because I don't believe in that, that witchcraft. Ken I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think Lucas would either, nor would the sheriff. Right, we're all the same. I don't page. know what that is. We're on the same page, <laughs> mostly because there was so much hair covering it back then. They wouldn't be able to find it even if they believed in it. <laughs> Probably mites crawling around. And you're gonna make yourself <laughs> grow up, pal. I don't know why you're saying else. this. You're gonna start gagging here in a minute. Their sl- semi-annual sweaty, bath, <laughs> sweaty, smells a bit urinish. Urinish is what I said. A burnt sweaty, oh. a, bi- a bit sweaty. <laughs> You smell a tad urinous today, young lady. <laughs> I'll not be idea. able to cuck you after all. In, all. in all fairness, that's a fantastic word, and I don't know why that's urinous. Yeah. Like, oh, did you piss yourself? You smell urinous. <laughs> that wine has a urinous flavor to it. That's called Bud Light, pal. <laughs> urinous wine, Bud Light. So Ken resumed talking to Lucas, but 2109 kept chiming in with random messages. And the two of them being Ken and Lucas, started to suspect that 2109 was altering their messages to each other. So Ken and Lucas came up with a system where Lucas would communicate with paper and charcoal left out for him. It's not explained how this is possible to physically interact in present time. Well, certainly the book must have a picture of these charcoal messages if they were communicating. Yeah, there's printouts of the... Yeah, there's printouts of the... um, Is it written like in this the same kind of grammar yeah that's that we've like, heard so far yeah okay all right more evidence it's proof positive as far <laughs> as i'm concerned there's no way debbie could have did that through this method lucas revealed his name was thomas harden and his specific time was 1546 he said he was a graduate of brasnos and had been the dean of the chapel but was expelled in 1538 for refusing to expunge the name of the Pope from a book in the chapel, which that was required by law. Well, that's when Henry VIII wanted to get an uh, annulment from his wife, so he broke from the church. So that that proves the whole story's real. Ball game. See you next week. <laughs> you got shout-outs? No, none. Oh. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. At this point, Ken decided that this wasn't just someone fucking with him from his neighborhood. Uh, So he reached out to the Society for Psychical Research to figure out what was going on. 
I feel like every poltergeist story we talk about, the Society for Psychical Research. Yeah, we've talked about them several times, right? Yeah. What did they do? What would we remember them by? The biggest one we talked about with them is the Philip experiment. Or at least that's one okay. I think is the coolest. That I like that story. That was weird. Was that a bonus show? Yeah, real early on. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. It's before Patreon, I think. Was it? That was a so. free bonus show? I think it was. Yeah. They're the oldest uh, paranormal research group. They were founded in 1882. And their main focus was and is really to debunk things. That's all. That's what they were geared toward. They were like, we're going to figure out which ones are fake, which ones are with the focus on debunking. It's a solid mission statement. I like it. We need debunkers out there. Of course we do. <laughs> why I'm a big admirer of Philip Class. <laughs> um, but yeah, the other Philip experiment is that video. All those people rolling that table around. It's yeah, fucking wild. Yeah. Philip's out there living his best life <laughs> because like, they created him. <laughs> well, you know what else was a, an old school bonus show we did. I, I don't remember the specifics, but it was like the the guy who had like the mummified remains in his bedroom, but then went into the crypt to like visit his daughter. Oh yeah. What was Carl? That? Uh, what's the guy's name? Carl. Something, something. Who was the mummified in his bedroom? Was it his daughter or was it someone else? It was just a girl he got obsessed with. And then like she was dead and mummified her and He's, had her in his room. But then he would go visit his daughter. Like he had like a little walkway into like her crypt and would just sit there. Yeah, Is before that he took the body. It's the same no, girl. No, it wasn't his there's daughter. No. It, was, it was the girl that he mummified. Yeah, there's no daughter. That's yeah. right. That's right. So he would go visit the body. Well, the or, family or the blocked grave. them eventually, so he stole the body. Yeah, that's what it was. I believe. Carl, he had a couple. He was like German. Wasn't it like on an island, though? It's in Key West. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's it was a weird. Fucking that's like 2019 story. vintage Necronomapod, <laughs> as Michael Cole would say. That was like that was that was free bonus show, I think. Yeah, go back and find that one. That was that's a, a good fucked one. up. There's, we watched a documentary. I remember watching a documentary on him before we recorded. I watched the one on HBO's Autopsy with that lady with the creepy voice that narrated all those. Yeah. It was spooky, man. That's the good one. Watch the old Autopsy on this. On that Carl one? Yeah, Tanzer. Carl Tanzer? Maybe that, his name? that sounds familiar. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. It's fucking weird. Yeah, and he just kept like layering on wax or something. She yeah. was not even, like when he finally found her, it wasn't, like her skin was all gone. She was rotted and it was, yeah, there's creepy pictures out there of that. There was one from Mexico I saw on TikTok. I think I saved it. But it was, um... It was either a daughter or a girlfriend, but a guy had like a dress store. Like people in the town started getting weird about this mannequin that he had in the in the shop. They're like this mannequin looks really fucking real, and it ended up being Dude. like his daughter's body, oh, 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 like oh, in the front window. Oh, 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 oh. Sounds like a bonus show to me. Yeah, the pictures it was, it was fucking creepy. Like you could definitely tell it was not a mannequin. Ugh, that's beyond creepy. Yeah, because then everybody's walking by it. Yeah, hey, Mike, ask her what date it is when you see her today in your dreams. <laughs> see, see if she knows. And when I'm banging, that, when I'm banging, when I'm banging that mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no problem. I'm going to have the fucking dream. Yeah, you're going to be the one. You're going to be me. I know. I don't have, I don't, 
<laughs> I don't hate dreams as much as you guys do, or at least as much as you do. I don't know if Ugh. you hate them, but yeah, they don't, don't bother me. I kind of like the dreams that are so terrifying that when you wake up, you're like, oh, I'm still scared, but holy fuck, I know I'm safe. Like that sense of relief is so euphoric. It's- yeah, that it's almost just like, oh, I can't wait to like roll over and go back to sleep like peaceful now. Mm. I don't, I mean, it's not fun, but I'm saying, you know. Sadist. That's horrible. <laughs> no, yeah. no, you wake up and you're fine. It's just pretend. <laughs> I don't want that. No, no, no. Maybe you should not watch so many horror, foreign horror films. I don't dream about that stuff. Well, but it doesn't help. It just puts Maybe all these, it does. Puts all these ass backwards ideas in your mind. <laughs> is that, is that and what you don't know what, what it's going to come up with. Might be dreaming about a This guy just missed his entire fucking mouth. He's like flailing around. <laughs> he is putting all this stuff in your head. God damn it. Ian just wants to take a sip of his bubbly. And like, I don't know how you missed that bad, pal. <laughs> fucking 36 years old over here. You've been drinking for that long. He just missed your mouth entirely. I think I was trying to take a hit off my vape and drink at the same time. <laughs> So in case you're wondering how high he is right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go. I'm sorry. <laughs> so David Welch and John Bucknell from the SPR arrived and they wanted to ask 210910 questions on their own. Ken and Debbie would have no idea what they were. They did receive a reply, but not in front of them. The researchers left the room for a period of time and came back to a message. However, the message didn't answer the questions, just loosely brought them up. This led the SPR to believe that there was the possibility of a microphone somewhere in the room. David and John talked about the questions out loud while in the room to each other and thought that maybe Ken or Debbie could overhear them using a microphone or something like that. At the end of the investigation, the SPR determined that it was a hoax, but the messages didn't stop. They didn't? <laughs> no, Dave, they did not. Ken's not thrilled with that either in his book. He's not happy with the Society for Psycho. Oh, I bet he's not. Yeah. Hmm. And they blew him the fuck off, too. Like they just completely stopped talking to him. <laughs> did they keep an eye on both Ken and Debbie while they were in the other room, while they were waiting for the messages to appear in the other room? Yes. And they were doing crack. <laughs> I assume so. <laughs> It was the 80s, Dave. Everyone was, right? Everybody. Everybody. Well, because they're alluding there that they might have mic'd the room. But if that's true and they knew the questions, that must mean that they thought Ken or Debbie went and wrote the answers. So if they were watching them the whole time, how could that be possible? Right. Yeah. It, it didn't explain how they would have right. thought that. If you're watching them, then you would have known they wouldn't. Correct. So even if they would have heard via a microphone, that doesn't translate to them actually typing the reply. That's my thought. I did think that same thing too, which proves the whole story, which proves the whole story is true. (laughs) Proves the whole story is true. But that's what I thought. Like, okay, so they they mic'd the room. That doesn't account for how the answer got on the computer. Exactly. That might make you skeptical, but you still have to explain how the messages got there. You would certainly be skeptical if the room was mic'd because then you're like, all right, what are they trying to prove here? Like. They're just out, you know, to get themselves over or whatever, right. make a buck. I feel like the original stuff wasn't working as well as Debbie thought. She's like, I know. You're really putting the blame on Debbie. I think it was Debbie. Wow. All right. And she's like, 
we need someone from the future in this story, too. Let's kick this up a notch. What a fucking George Jets in your ass. Then I'll stack some cat food up in the other room and clump around on my feet loudly when I go pee in the middle of the night. What about the footprints, though? You think that was her going up the wall? Mm, maybe. Can't explain that one. I thought it was Marjorie Taylor. Green. <laughs> That's right, Marjorie Taylor. Green. <laughs> That's right. Well, that'd be Poltergeist activity. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot we solved that one. <laughs> so Ken and Debbie were frustrated. They had Peter Trindle still on their side, as well as another teacher who got involved named Frank Davis, but they wanted help. Ken sat down at the computer and found a new message from 2109, and it read, quote, We asked you to do the following. There is a brilliant ufologist we know you don't like the word. His name is Gary Rowe. His ideas differ somewhat to yours, but nevertheless, he can help you with a couple of your problems. You may phone him at the number below and invite him to talk with you. When he comes, show him this and ask him what he makes of it. Peter must do the telephoning. Tell them that you got a telephone number from a UFO enthusiast. Signed, 2109. So scary road guys piece uh, just made up, right? <laughs> no, he's a for oh. he's a for real UFO investigator. Okay, um, he ended up going out to Ken's cottage. Gary was super sp- skeptical, but figured that it was worth at least checking out based on how wild the story was. Gary ended up having some communications with twenty one oh nine, things that he kept secret from Ken and Debbie. Gary wanted Ken and Debbie completely away from the computer so that there was no chance that they could tamper with anything. So Ken, according to Ken, he never saw the messages that 2109 sent Gary. Something in those communications spooked Gary enough that he just left and never spoke to Ken again. Mm. Just like, fuck this whole thing, I'm out. I don't know why that would be. What would they have told Gary? Some deep, dark secrets or something? Mm. What's going to happen with the future of our planet? That's a little weird because he's into this, right? Like, this is his thing. Is it? He's a ufologist. Is, does that translate to this paranormal stuff? I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Why not? Why not? And I feel like if he, if I don't know, if he heard something that would have been. So, like, say this was you. Like, what, what could be typed on the screen from a, a made-up person in the future that would. Cause you to get up and leave and never talk about it again because you were so freaked out. Casey Anthony is a man. <laughs> <laughs> so much milk lost for what? You spilled a lot of seed. No, are there false pretenses? Is <laughs> no, that what you're saying? I was, I was duped. Let's be honest. That wouldn't deter you at all. So I don't know who you're fooling. Hot is hot. Am I right? Holes is holes and hot is hot. She probably has a big, awesome cock. It'd be hot to look at, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Like that's a that's a fantastic penis you have, <laughs> or whatever you say to a man with a good cock. I don't know. I've never heard it. <laughs> Something like that. That is a fine cock, sir. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know what, what what could be said that you'd be like, what the fuck? Because my if it was something horrific, I'd just be like, all right, this is bullshit. So I'm gonna go about my day. Yeah, like it's implying that they provided him some big truth about life or something and it shocked them right the way that i took gary is that gary didn't believe this for a second but it was a cool story so it's like i'll okay. fuck it i'll check it out gets in there um i don't know maybe the computer told him something 
super personal about himself that he's like, no way anyone would know this about me. That's what mm. I was thinking. Just like, like if it said something super personal, right? Like super specific that no one else in the world would know other than him. I would probably be like, hey, yeah, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm good on this. So something like that to like to prove their credentials and then like maybe additional stuff about what's going to happen in the world or what the purpose of this whole thing was and it just scared him. Maybe. All right. Or maybe just keeping the bit up because he thought it was interesting. Gary was? Yeah. You think he'd do that though? Like being a UFO investigator put his... Well, those are some serious credentials. I don't know if he'd <laughs> stoop to so I low. Don't know. I, don't, I don't know. But if it was not something he was into, like like you said earlier, it's not UFO-ish. Maybe his uh, ufology career was kind of lagging and he was, thought this could maybe get him some, I don't know, notoriety? Get him back in the game, so to speak. But then doesn't he go away after this? Like, he's just done. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't follow his career as closely as some people, so I'm not sure. Well, he never spoke to Gary again. I just assumed, or uh, to Ken again. I just assumed like he just kind of dipped out. Maybe Ken was an asshole. He's like, it's possible. Get the fuck out of this house. These people are imbeciles. Well, if your girlfriend was ruining your life with all this shit, wouldn't you be a little bit of an asshole too? <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's the one thing. We'll, we'll talk about it at the end. We're going back to the Deb theory. Then. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk. About, I, I have my thoughts on that at the end. Uh, on March 21st, 1985, Ken received the last message from Lucas, a.k.a. Thomas Harden. said, quote, I must go. I know it is for the best because the people of Doddleson are very wary of me. It is good to know that all will change and there are true men to follow like Ken and Peter. Though 400 years is a long time and there is much to happen to mankind, perhaps you will come to Oxford. I think there is no danger for me. Therefore, I hear the king is very sick and all is quiet in the church. I shall try to make my stay at Brasnos. I will write my book about my brothers and maid and the end of Lucas and our love for one another. One day you will all sit down at my table for wine and mead by the river in Oxford, where we shall read each other's books and laugh, and we shall speak of truth and good men watching Oxford change together forevermore. In your time, my book is old, but I shall not go to my God until it is written. Then we will all be truly embraced. My love to you all. I shall await you in Oxford. Thomas Harden. Mm. That's how the lake house ended. They got together in, in real life, I <laughs> think. So it can happen. So Keanu Reeves ripped off the story? No, Keanu Reeves <laughs> figured out the story, I think. He oh. knows That's the answer, right? Like, is he ever wrong, Keanu Reeves? No. I don't think so. John Wick is never wrong. <laughs> he kicks ass. <laughs> so Thomas is writing a book, and he's going to wait for these guys in Oxford. Yeah. Like, how does he suppose that's going to happen? How does he suppose that he's going to wait? Yeah. I don't think Thomas understands how any of this works. Because he's just going to be sitting there alone, right? <laughs> like, yeah. Waiting for nothing. Nobody that's coming. He's not going to live that long. He's almost like the uh, the Andy Dufresne method, right? Like... You send Red a note back in uh, prison, and, but Andy Dufresne did it the right way, like give him in specific instructions. Mm -hmm. Under the big tree, you'll find a uh, a rock that looks out of place. Yeah, very cryptic. Yeah, but he knew Red would find it. Mm -hmm. All right, but this is not the same as I guess what I'm saying. I just want, <laughs> I just want to bring up that movie. <laughs> I'll talk about Shawshank whenever we want. 
I was trying to think the connection here. I'm like, All right. he left good instructions. Thomas did not. Thomas was like, well, we'll sit by the river and drink some beers. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to write this book probably. And uh, I'll see you guys when you get here. Meanwhile, Andy's down in Mexico rebuilding the boat. Here comes Red. It worked. It all worked. It all worked out in the end. Not too long after this message, Ken got his last from 2109, that red quote. There is another person to come. They will be the help we need. You will know when they come. Thomas did eventually write his book, and he soon died shortly after. He placed it in a secure place. It shouldn't take too many years to find it, though he wrote it in Latin with the help of a friend that he met in Oxford. The inscription reads, me writes this with the hope that my friends will one day find this book. Then may our lands be not so distant. We will now finish. You have a lot of work to do. There is no need to write back as we will have gone. Thank you for your cooperation. 2109. All right. Well, at least we have proof positive that he finished his book. So it's out there. No so one's found it yet, who's right? Who's going to find that no. book? The book is still out there waiting to be discovered. So you watched the BBC show. I did. Uh, <clears throat> some good reenactments. Ken wrote his book, The Vertical Plane. It was released, I believe, 1989. Yes. And then the BBC picked it up for a show in 1996. It was like part of a, like a paranormal type show, strange yeah. things, right? Stuff like that. The BBC did not believe this story they didn't no <laughs> dr laura wright from cambridge was not kind to ken in this uh were they taking the piss like, out of the story she fucking buried him yeah regarding the old english um you know like how these letters were written because in the book um the stuff that you were reading from lucas like there's two versions typed out there's what the computer actually said, which was that old English style. Mm -hmm. And then underneath there's like a more modern, like a modernized version of it. That's the ones I used, obviously. But Dr. Laura Wright said that whoever was trying to do this, it was just terrible. It wasn't even close to being old English. Like some of these words were maybe in that time period, but then there were other words that this person, if was writing in that time period, wouldn't even know. Like, that's just not words that they would use. So it's almost like someone tried to do the hoax, but they didn't know the language well enough to do it the right way. Yeah. So they made a lot of mistakes. And the other part of her thing was that analysis. Actually, I printed it out because I thought it was interesting. That she carried out an analysis of the incidence of adjectives in front of nouns, like comparing Luke, not Lucas, what's his name? Thomas and Ken, a sample of Ken's writing. Mm-hmm found that almost identical frequency between Lucas's messages and Webster's descriptive passages, 26% and 26.6% respectively. Whereas the frequency of a sample of other writing from the period Webster was writing the book was 32 to 35. So he wrote exactly the same way. So they're saying it's Ken. Yeah. She's saying it's Ken. Or she, right? You the, said the, the doctor. The, yeah. The doctor. Yeah. yeah. She did bury him. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> And the way she worded that one thing about, like, if someone knew what they were doing, they could make it into a good hoax. Yes. Like, the guy asked her, like, what level of expertise went into this, and she was basically like, none. If someone knew what <laughs> none they were doing, level. they could have made None it. level of expertise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peter Trindle was on that show. Yeah, he's completely convinced. He still yeah. believes it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, uh, they, and the two of these guys were still on there too. You saw the backs of their heads because they didn't want their identities <laughs> revealed. I wonder why. Ken, Debbie, really? Yeah, they still together. I don't know if they're still together. They didn't say. This was in '96, so yeah, it was 25 years ago. Well, but and the incident happened in '85. Even then, yeah. it's 10 years later. Debbie posted online not too too long ago about this. What's she say? Defending it, just that mm. it's it was true. Mm. Yeah, not aggressively defending it or anything like that. Yeah. Just responded to a couple of things. Ken is completely quiet, mm. even with the renewed the, interest in this story. Maybe some of those are the right ways to go about it. If it was true, I don't. Maybe. I don't think his book sold very well. The second printing even. No, the first printing. I think it was just like this really obscure book. And once people heard the story. Um, <laughs> Word of mouth is like. Uh-huh. In, in, yeah. well, like Amazon just in the, one star. <laughs> in the paranormal world, it seemed like it became like a, like a Holy Grail type book to have. All right. It was going for like a thousand dollars. God damn! It's a unique story, and I could see why the people would kind of gravitate towards it. There's not, I can't think of another story out there like this. No, very interesting, and if true, would just be completely crazy. Yeah, I mean, if this was true, you'd have to re-examine all your thoughts on time travel and physics and all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like other stuff that we, there's hundreds of messages. You're not going to get into all of them, but they like the guy, what was it about his Jaguar? This guy, Ken had a Jaguar. It was something about a picture of, he had a picture of his Jaguar. The car? Yeah. 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 A picture of his car. And then Thomas was commenting on his Jaguar. Mm. Said something like, it's not going to get very far without a horse pulling it or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) Trying a little too hard here. A lot of it comes off like that. A lot of the book is just really angsty kind of stuff, like being pissed off with the Society for Psychical Research, Mm. not believing him, being like, oh, I know this is a fake. I know this is fake, but I believe it. He's not providing any proof. Yeah, it's just the letters or just the messages. Like anybody could do that. Right. And then we can You're get not, mad when people question you. That's right. And what are you, you an idiot? Make, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Well, I'm fucking telling you this is what happened. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing with the, the old English. That was supposed to be the proof. You know, Peter Trinder says that this that was what it was in his opinion. Except it like wasn't, Ken, though. Like Ken couldn't learn <laughs> any of that, though, either. Like, well, that was like the thing. It was like Ken didn't know how to talk like that or even like type like that yeah. or anything. And then that... Uh, Dr. Laura Wright was like, yeah, no. Like, people think Old English is, you know, this, <laughs> like, Old English was 700 back to, you know, 1150 BC or something. She's like, they didn't speak Old English in 521. <laughs> it's just not, it's not even what it was. So they just didn't, it was sloppy. They didn't do enough research to pull the hoax off, based on what I heard. What if it is real, though? Like, what if Ken to save the world has to find this book. This motherfucker <laughs> hit it so well that the knowledge to save the planet and time's ticking down and it sounds like to find fucked. this book. Yeah, we're fucked. We're in big trouble. Isn't it weird that in the age of all the connectivity with the internet and everything else now we have not heard from 2109 on another computer that's, you know, Dave, they said what they had to say. That's <laughs> it and then they were gone. Well, you want them to come back and give us a second chance? Like or was that just 
You know what happened? Was that computer just some weird fucking mm. happenstance that putting it there in that cottage in that spot created some type of a little nick? You know what probably happened? Twenty one oh nine did try coming back yeah. in the internet age. They're like, oh, this is going to be so easy. I'm going to do a subreddit. <laughs> and then fucking Reddit had its way Downloaded with 2109. <laughs> and they just got, you know, internetrally raped <laughs> out of existence. And that was it. Just shamed. Like they're, and they're like, what the fuck happened to society? <laughs> what is going on down there? You guys are on to something. They don't trust anything. It's too bad this story wasn't known back in the day and we could call our bell as Thomas. Yeah, our, yeah. Uh, <laughs> people from 1546 uh, e- east of the continental United States are on the air. South of the 20th century, you're on the air. <laughs> he did time traveler shows, though, like calling yeah, time They never travelers. called in. Why not? Every Man. other time traveler in the history of the world called in. Man. Yeah, most of them stupid. I've listened to some of those time traveler ones. It was like two good calls in like a four hour show. The rest were just dumb. John Tidor, right? Is that the guy's name? John Tidor? That's the big one. one. But I don't even think that was on like the time traveler open line. That was one of just whatever show he was doing. That was one that turned into a whole saga. Yeah. Art got a random fax one night and that's right. The facts, the way it was written, art just took it. He just, (laughs) he bit the bait on that one and it went on for a while. That Gary Rowe guy, um, the ufologist, he was tracked down in the past couple years, um, and he posted a statement online so people would quit blowing him up. He said, quote, Many people are highly skeptical about the events related in the Vertical Plane book, quite rightly so given the degrees of strangeness, but I am not. I left no stone unturned and used cutting-edge science to get the truth. In fact... I believe it was the first computer-controlled psychic investigation recorded in the world. I know it really happened. It changed my life forever. It is going to change yours. The book will one day be ISBN recorded under the history section. It is a monumental historical marker in the ribbon of time. That's a bold statement. That is a hell of a statement. Yet he offers no proof or gives any insight into what actually he saw. Hey, he got the truth. Use cutting edge science, pal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously, as of today, Lucas, a.k.a. Thomas Harden's book, hasn't been found. But it would be really fucking cool if someone found that book. And it actually had oh, yeah. those words written in the front of it. Well, hey, I'm going to be in England in May. You want to write this up? I'll take it with me. And I'll, <laughs> hey. I'll like go in, the, in hey. a grave somewhere and bury it. And then I think it's not bad. Hmm. I think we should do it. Let's do it. All right. Declan, <laughs> pen and paper. Now. <laughs> Print out a map quest for directions to Wales. Oh, this fucking guy. <laughs> he got so scared when I threatened to fire him and bring his big can sister, Destiny, that he was like, please, I'll do anything. I was like, all right, fine. You want to stay? Set up an Instagram page for Mike Namapod. You're going to run it. <laughs> and you, know, you better not fuck around with it. You run that, you can stick around 30-day probation. Oh, 30 days. Yeah. That's well, nice. So we'll, we'll have a review with him. We'll make him sit in front of us right. with his, you know, fully naked. Uh, <laughs> just to hum- humiliate him. Just to humiliate him. 
And, you know, he'll have to do a review with us about his just job performance. It's nothing to do with his body, but, no. you know, why not? We might tar and feather him, too, just while we're at it. Has he been uh, effectively managing this new Instagram profile? It's been you? okay, I guess. All right. Yeah, it's not bad. Right. He's doing all right. Well, he's desperate. He's got to keep his job. So, Destiny can be here any minute. He's waiting in the wings, right? <laughs> might be a lot better, really, if we're being honest. Does uh, Declan's mom have those same nice cans as his sister? Not bad. Okay. Not bad. All right, we got anything else on this one? I don't know how we get away with saying cans. <laughs> I don't know. So we're saying it with cans. I, I don't know if it's offensive or not. Is cans not, an sounds, offensive word? It sounds like it could be. I think it probably is, Mike. <laughs> Balls, stones. Like, I would accept any of that. Testies. Testies. Little little dicklets or whatever. Cans. <laughs> So the one part we didn't talk about is that Debbie also claimed to see Thomas in her dreams. There were some visions of Thomas. Yes. And the reenactment in that show we were talking about <laughs> was very strange. And she was sitting on a bed kissing Thomas. Whoa. She had sex dreams about him. Thomas was a bull and cucked Apparently Ken. in his own house in a different time. Mm. But you can't do that. I cuck master. <laughs> I bow down to that one. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with that part of the story. BBC people are just having fun with her. and like, okay. <laughs> they really, they, yeah. Sure, we'll shoot the dream sequence. Oh, so that's what you say? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. I love everything time travel related. But, it's such uh, a cool story. I'm just not seeing it here. And I also read that Ken was gone out of the house most of the time the messages were there and Debbie was there like I think it's pretty clear that De- <laughs> Debbie did this I don't know if Ken's in on it or not but, but what if Ken wasn't in on it like and has never been in on it like even till today that's Debbie, possible Debbie's been kayfabing this whole time that would be super fucked up if she never, it would. <laughs> if she never told him like I like the pulling off a of hoax stuff if they did it as a couple like alright Good for you. That's fun. Yeah. Going down with the ship with it. I get it. But, but she, yeah, if she burned him and he didn't even know about it, make him look like an idiot. I respect that's not that. cool. I, swear, I respect that level of dedication. <laughs> You're going to go do it. Oh, man. Now you don't have to worry about anybody else. You don't have to worry about trusting anybody else. You just focus on yourself. You try to get the story over. Not very well. She didn't do a great job. No. And they kind of... The reenactments embellished the stacking in the kitchen and stuff. Like they had, you know, chairs and pots up on their end. That's not physically possible. Yeah. I'm not sure if that really is what happened. Didn't a lot of talk of cat food being stacked up yeah. really high. Yeah, I can do that. That's not that hard. It's just cans. Yeah. They stack pretty easily, actually. All right, with the cans comments. <laughs> I thought I told you. Muscuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you can stack cans. <laughs> oh, I've stacked cans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so we're all in agreement. This is probably just a big old fugazi. Yeah, super cool. I'd love to believe uh, it because yeah. this would be the coolest thing ever. Yeah, but uh, sadly, kind of stuff, no. You, you want to believe this? Yeah, stuff. absolutely. Like that, the world is better when stuff like this happens. Hundred percent. Alas, this one's not. No. Fun story. Good to talk about. Yeah. But no proof. And like when we figured out, like when Einstein started figuring out things with, you know, relativity and stuff, like 
what if that book is out there for real somewhere? And if when we found it, someone found it, it would just change everything. Like everything we know about physics and, or would it validate some of that stuff? That's a good question. I'm not smart enough to answer that question. However, no, I'm going to forget that I even asked it. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it depends what's in the book. Like what if it is what he said it was? Well, in his last be, message. I'm be writing this book. Right? Let's come up with something good. Let's come up with some high tech shit. What does it prove then? It proves. Yeah. If, if you find the book, if you, you find mean? the book. If only if you find the book and you can prove that Ken and Debbie had no involvement right. in planting That's the thing. Planting like, the book. They might have planted a book fucking under their house, like yeah. two feet yeah. away or like something. it has to be dated to the 1500s and. Right, you need a bunch of experts to confirm. Yeah, then all bets are off, and uh, everything you ever knew about the world is probably out the window, right? Yeah, like what if someone just stumbles upon that book randomly, just some Mm -hmm. random person that never even heard of this story before? I don't know what that would do for physics, but I think it would challenge a lot of beliefs in our world, right? Yeah. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means because it's fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know. Does it mean wormholes and alternate dimensions and circular timelines? And and then what? Then you're afraid to go check the fucking mail every day because it's like, <laughs> what, what the fuck's going to happen? What if a wormhole sucks me in? Yeah, but Keanu might leave you, uh, write you a letter from uh, your true. house in 20 years ago. Maybe. I haven't gotten anything yet, though. I don't know. <laughs> Who was with him in that movie? Sandra Bullock. See, maybe she could write oh, you a like, letter. Oh, like a make good of uh, speed, right? Didn't they do speed What's together? What's with speed? No, no, I'm just saying. Oh. I, I meant make good's probably not the right word. I didn't mean that. Uh, like a follow-up to speed? Yeah. Because he wasn't... Well, I don't know. What year He was wasn't that? in speed, too, or she wasn't? I don't think either of them were. No, one of them, I think, was. Oh, he wasn't. Then it was her. All right. Yeah. Was that a boat? I like how Dave's like, I could confirm he was not in speed, <laughs> too. I know his entire filmography, and he was not in speed, too. It was that other guy in Speed too. How have they not tapped Keanu Reeves to be Batman yet? He's he's John Wick, man. What? Okay. <laughs> he could be a good Batman. I could see it. 2006, The Lake House. Go out to your local blockbuster and go rent that this weekend. So it was, it was a love movie? Yeah, yeah romance. Okay. They, they kiss at the end of the movie. Aw. It's nice, huh? It's a feel-good uh, ending. Yeah, it's nice. To be sure. Check it out. All right, any final thoughts on this one? Uh, no. <laughs> it's super cool. That's neat. It's a really cool story. The book is extremely hard to read. A little dull or just like the... I don't know, just the way like he's writing. Yeah, and like describing things that don't need to be described. Like well, I just felt... right? I kept having to read pages over and over again to like fully grasp what was being said. You were getting annoyed at Ken as you were reading it, right? Yes. Ugh, awful. Yeah. Cool story, though. Like, cool concept. Super weird if Debbie never told him about it, though. If she was faking yeah. it. That makes, it, <laughs> that makes it a funny story, she's then. fucking working him. <laughs> One day in April Fool, she's going to be like, motherfucking got you. Just shatter his whole life. All right. We got some uh, patron shout outs. Thank you to new patrons. Necro nom 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 to puss. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. Hit up sluts, peeing butts. <laughs> Kyle Dombrowski, Lauren, Jackie, 
Angie Stanton Johnson, Patrick, Willie Raper. Oh, <laughs> man. God damn. It's a little dark, Willie. Jesus. Will he go to prison for the rest of his life? That, <laughs> that patron's going to join next week. <laughs> Natalia, Ricky Starbucks Smith, Jillian Dussault, C Money, Jackie Black, bend her over a barrel and show her the 50 states. Oh, that's from um, Horrible Bosses. Oh, is it? It's a Jason Sudeikis reference. Okay. All right. She was trying to deep cut us. I got her. <laughs> it's actually from like the outtakes at the end of the movie. Okay. It's good stuff. Trenton Kiefer, Emily, Andrea Stoney, Josh, Tara Edge, Odd Toad of Mo or Missouri. Odd Toad of Missouri. Odd Toad of Mo. Smashed my hand on the keyboard. Sarah Zaluski. Victoria Priuska. Fallon Cook, Dry Pussy Wet Booty, Alex Ratcliffe, Swabber of the Shit Deck, Swabber of the Shit Dick of the Seaman Fleet. God, here we go again with that shit. <laughs> Rachel Murphy, Mark Angelo Bravo, Bex No Real Loss, Kayla Govea, Robin McGee, 69 Burritos, Hi, you need to try Eagle's Banana Bread Beer and watch Alice in Borderland, please and thank you. <laughs> she fucking trying to get a plug in there? Like, like both brands? Banana Bread Beer. I like banana bread and I like beer. Yeah. Those two go together? I've had banana bread beer before and I did not love it. Not good? It's not what you want when you're mm. drinking a beer. I do love banana bread, though. Yeah, me oh, too. Me too. Oh, Yum. George Homich. Tamar and Gloria. Edwin, it's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel like it's about fucking time I got my own Patreon account. <laughs> All right. Good for you. Welcome aboard. If not now, then when? Exactly. <laughs> as soon as we find that book, the world's going to fucking end, maybe. So, you you know, you got to get on it. We're on the hunt. Lindsay Stacy, Grady Ogilvie, Rebecca from Canada, Rocio Perez. Thank you so much. New patrons. Awesome. Thank you. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I only have one for El Paso Lover. Thank you for the awesome review. Dave, you got more from International? I do. I have a couple uh, International. Stylesman666 from Canada. And Gnomes G from Australia. Thank you for the very kind reviews from abroad. Awesome. And I have one military shout-out. Shout-out to Miguel Orozco, a veteran Good hearing from you. Hope things are well, pal. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. Good stuff. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, at Necronomapod, Patreon.com, search Necronomapod, um, Amazon, you can search Necro for our gear, and then we are also on Spring. Click the link in our bios or on our uh, website to uh, check out the merch there. We have some fun stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right. You guys are ready for a cool down beer? Cheers.